Tomorrow, I'm your host, Joshua Topolsky. Today on the podcast, we discuss elephants, Mad Libs, and the future. First, a word from our sponsor. Whether you're a small business owner or a first-time blogger like myself, HostGator has all the tools you need to build and host your website. HostGator's 24-7 expert support is always available to assist you via live chat, which I love to do, or email, which I don't like as much. Anytime you have a question, there's even a 45-day money-back guarantee, so if you decide it's not for you, there's no problem. Go to HostGator.com slash tomorrow to sign up and get 60% off. My guest today is a fantastically talented, terrifically talented, extremely intelligent, very wonderful, uh, very handsome uh, man uh, named Ivar Vong, who also happens to be the CTO of the outline.com and independent media and also happens to be a person that I consider amongst my close personal friends, not just because we work together, though he may have a differing opinion. Uh, Ivar, thank you for being here. Hi, Josh. Thank you for having me. How do you feel about that intro? Uh, it's very generous. Yeah, very generous. They, I don't think we're that close to friends. I mean, we're, 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 well, we know each other a little bit better than most normal work people do, I think. Yeah. I mean, I don't really know you that well. No. We don't know that much about each other. I mean, you could be a serial murderer for all I know. I'm not. Are you? No. But we don't have any evidence that you're not. That's not really how that works. Let's that, just put that, <laughs> how it works is that's exactly what you would say if you were a serial murderer. Yeah. Let's just wow. say we let's, a great start. let's just say we can't be sure. Anyhow, Ivar is a, is a mad genius. I'll tell you one thing. He may he is a serial genius. Uh, and uh, a serial creator of wonderful things. Listen, he's killing it one way or the other. <laughs> that's right. That's right. One wow. way or the other, someone or something is dying. Uh, which is uh, which is I don't know what, but at any rate, Ivar is was formerly at uh, the Marshall Project. He built the Marshall Project's uh, CMS, which is called Enrun, and uh, it was it was through the Marshall Project and Ivar's work there that I became aware of his existence, and uh, and uh, and then it, and then eventually I met you. We talked. Well, I DM'd you, and then well, we yeah, you DM me. I wrote a thing. You DM me about the thing. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and then, uh, we decided to make something together, which is the outline. We made is, it. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. I, I think. Well, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's funny. Cause when we first started talking, it was like, wow, this is like a really cool idea. <laughs> Just how old? <laughs> and then I was like, hmm, okay, start. I guess I'll like take this job. And then it was three months of, it was kind of hard. Yeah. I mean, we should say, I'll only say a few things here. So sure. we built. The we built a new platform. You built a pl- I mean, I don't, I mean, I we, was, yeah, I was we, involved. Yeah, no, it was all of us. Uh, we built a new platform for telling stories on the internet, like a whole new way to do it. A CMS, as some might refer to it, yeah, or a, a, st- a product stack, or there's all sorts of fun ways. I like to call it a content creation system. Um, although I hate the word content, so now that I think of it, I, I don't like to call it that. A story um, creation system. But we built a, yeah. we build a new platform that's very, I think, a very expressive and very interesting new platform uh, for making things on the internet, e- on the open web. Uh, a new ad platform that's adjacent, that's actually part of it, um, and and all sorts of like tools to do things that are typically very hard to do 
on the internet. Uh, and we did it in, according to my notes here, we built the platform in three months. Is that correct? Well, I started in mid-August. Yes. And we launched the first week of December. Mm -hmm. so that's Let just me do like, the math. Yeah. So uh, August to September, September to October, October to November. So it's like three and a half months. Right. But we hired people in September. So mm -hmm. it was like, it was mm -hmm. like three months. Yeah. So I don't know if a lot of people realize that because I had been talking about the outline for a little bit longer than that. I'm trying to think of when the announcement was about the fundraising was August. Sounds right. No. Was it August? Yeah. Okay. At any rate, so, and I'd been, and then I wrote, I wrote this thing last April, which I'm going to write something new about this week, which you guys will read soon about, it was called Your Media Business Will Not Be Saved, which is why you DM me. Anyhow, so Ivar has a, a background in, in making journalistic technology. Talk to me about that. Well, I, I went to college for math, which is exactly as nerdy as it sounds. Um, and I started working for the college paper as a photographer because... Because <clears throat> as we all know, mathematicians love to take photographs. Yeah. Well, I was really interested in storytelling and visual storytelling. Um, and so I was a very bad math student in college because I was much more interested in photojournalism. But you're very good at math. Uh, I'm okay at math. I like problem solving. You know, math and journalism are somewhat related in that regard. You're just like taking problems and trying to break them down and make something out of them. Yeah, but one requires uh, real skill and the other one is journalism. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I'm a journalist and I pull my phone out to like do like what's the tip? <laughs> well, I mean, I, that's like, a good line. I'm going to use that more often. <laughs> so I, I started like doing both of them together a little bit more and like started building websites at the college paper um, very, very poorly. What like, was the first thing that you built? The very first thing yeah, that like, I built? What was the first thing you built on the internet? Do you remember? On the internet? Yeah, why not? Ooh. Well, the first thing I ever built was a Mad Lib program when I was nine years old. Please explain. Well, do you know what a Mad Lib is? Oh, yes. I know what a Mad Lib is. Let me explain to, should we explain to the listener <laughs> yeah. if they don't know what a Mad Lib is? Yes. And step, you tell me. Step by step. You tell me if I get it wrong. Okay. okay. So a Mad Lib is essentially a story. You're given a story, but not all of the words are filled in. Some of the words are blank and they could be like, oh my God, I built a CMS when I was nine. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, we need an adjective here. We need a noun. We need, right? Yeah. A verb yeah. or whatever. Those are all words that make up what we consider to be a language. Those are the words that describe the language, which is funny because you have to use the language to use the words. Anyhow, um, a Mad Lib is you get a story and then you fill in those. They could be any, any noun is fine. But you have to put some noun in there, and then it makes a story. So yeah. you ask, like you're like playing it with people. Somebody has the pad with the story on it, and you're like, I need a noun. And then people shout out a noun, and you put it in the thing. And then when you're done, you read back the story, and it's hilarious because everybody used like the word penis and like other crazy terms that would never make sense in a normal story. Yes. Yeah? Yeah. Well, so <laughs> the way the program worked, and I was, I was in – uh, elementary school, so that wasn't the word, but um, that's surprising. It, 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 well, yeah, uh, it was like adjective. You type in an adjective, noun, and you do that, and then at the end, it just it prints out oh a story the Mad Lib, yeah. So it would take a so you had to would you did you manually input the Mad Lib? Yes. So so they're actually. <laughs> so wait, how did you make? In what language did you make this? Quick Basic. Quick Basic is that like Basic yeah. but easier? It like it came with 
uh, Windows 3.1 or whatever. Or the best Windows. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, one of the first things I built uh, on the internet was actually a photo assignment system for the college paper. So I was a photo editor, and I was like, this is very annoying to use Google Docs, which back then Google Docs were bad at, yeah. like, multiple editors. Yeah. So I built this system where people's initials, like, I could dispatch them photo assignments. Oh. But it was quickly, like, very, very bad because <laughs> initials are not a good, like, way of <laughs> yeah, assigning stuff to people. Why the whole name? I don't know. I was like... Anyway. Your initials are good enough. So then eventually I hired someone that had the same initials, and I was like, wow, okay, we have to move from a two-initial system to a three-initial system. I don't understand. So explain how the system works. So I'm an editor, and I want to have somebody – there's a there's a, a game, a football game tonight. Yeah. And I want to have one of our photographers – this is for the college paper, correct? Yeah. I want one of our photographers go down there and shoot it. Yeah. And so tell me how your system worked. So I was I was assigning like 20 or 30 assignments a week to like five or six photographers, and I was doing it like in a in a text file. Oh, you were you were assigning. Yeah, I was the photo editor. Oh, okay. Did you say that already? I thought I did. I'm bad at listening, so yeah. Anyhow, I'm, um, I'm listening. And so I built this system where everyone could log in and they had their account and they would get assignments. Like I could give them assignments and they could see what they had, and but it it was it barely worked. It was mm-hmm. very, but it it did work. Did you ever fix it so it used more than initials? No, we just added the middle initial and then it was fixed. <laughs> why? And, why and, not names? And the lesson is this is how I've how I've built software the entire time. Yeah, just <laughs> just barely works. Something bad and then make it a little bit better. The next thing you know, boom. It's, yeah. It's a CMS. Exactly. <laughs> so, no, but but uh, so that was my first CMS. But I think it's it's notable uh to say here that um the outline uh was founded on this concept that well, many concepts, but one of the, I think, unifying things that brought a lot of people here, certainly, I think you, was this idea that um, we have been building bad and old systems for a very long time to make things on the internet, and particularly when it comes to journalism, that there are ways to build new and interesting things to make things yeah. uh, in journalism. Yes. And the the one of the things that we did, I mean, not just because we had a timeline that was very tight, but also I think because we wanted to do this, and correct me if I'm wrong, is we built something that was purpose on that was built on purpose to be not we weren't trying to build something perfect. We were trying to build something different. I mean, not just like randomly different, but like we essentially were like, what's important right now is that we build in some of these like really key differentiators as opposed to going like we gotta make sure that like we've got author pages, which we don't have right now, no, as an example. We do not like you can't click on an author's name. And go to an now we have all that information stored in a database, so we could make one probably pretty easily at this point. Yeah. But you know, a priority was like, okay, a normal CMS, you have like a tagging, this really robust tags that you got to do, and then you've got like this, this like image, this asset manager that's built into it, and all these like different things. And like you had, you spent a lot of time rebuilding tools that people have built before. Yeah. And we made some decisions. Can you talk a little bit about making the decisions to build what we built versus what a typical CMS might be? I don't know if this is a good question or not. No, it is. I mean, if you remember very early, it was like, we're going to do WordPress, and we're going to build a site on top of WordPress. Yes, that's right. My pitch we to, actually, to investors was like, we're not going to build anything we don't need. We're going to probably use WordPress. We'll b- build a bunch of custom stuff on top of it. Well, I mean, WordPress is great, but we're not trying to build a blog. And I think, I mean, we, we got as far as setting up WordPress. Remember, we were actually writing into WordPress. <laughs> and after a long time... I was like, Ivar, can you set up a WordPress instance? Yeah. You begrudgingly did it. I did. Well, I didn't have a better option yet. Right. I don't remember anything about that era. 
I told you my memory is very bad. It's definitely blurry. Or I told Elias that. See, I don't even remember who I told. But I was saying today that my memory is very bad. Maybe I have a problem. I'm not really sure. Mm. But I do think that um, is useful when you're trying to uh, do something to not have to think too much about the stuff in the past. Yeah. Short-term memory. But, right. So we were like, we're trying to build something very, very different, I think, on the internet. Yes. Um, I would agree. I think we somewhat succeeded. Oh, I would say we did. And and to me, the the I mean, kind of the, the crazy part of it is how do you push design tools out to reporters and editors? You know, like things that are normally treated only by like designers and developers building stuff. How do we build a system that works for them? And if you're going to yeah. build that tool, like that's what we invested so much time into, and what makes the outline so consistently distinct, I think, visually. Yes. Um, well, you have to really own the the technology piece of it and, and bolting on like tools on top of tools that aren't quite suited for it. Uh, it it's very hard to get there, I think. Yeah. I mean, you, we had a conversation. Um, I'm trying to think of how early this was, but essentially you came to me and said, um, WordPress is not going to work for what we want to do. And so our idea is that we build a new CMS from scratch. And I was very irate. I was very angry. You were like, why? Well, I was, you know, to me, it just seemed like I didn't want to get caught in that trap of doing what everybody else had done, which is like, got to rebuild all this stuff. And then you were like, give us a week or a, a weekend. I'm trying to think what the timeline was. It was a pretty short time. Was it a week or a weekend? I think it might have been a weekend. That was when we were working weekends. Yeah, I think it was like Dave, one of our developers. Dave Lucia, uh, amazing Dave, person. An amazing person and an amazing uh, programmer. Um, but first, uh, first uh, an amazing person. Um, was I think was like, I'll, I'm going to make something over the weekend as like a demonstration of what we might do. I think it was closer to a week, but regardless. Like, I don't know. We, it was we, we very built, fast. We built the core of the CMS in two weeks, right? We were like, let's do it. It was disturbing. And we worked, you know, we worked with Code and Theory here on um, on the design, and we worked with them throughout the project as we were building. And I remember the Code and Theory team were like, I think they were all looking at us like we were out of our minds. Like, I think they're like, okay, you're going to build a CMS. Have fun with that. But um, but that's like the right reaction. Probably. No, it is definitely the right reaction. No, I mean, it's a ludicrous thing to do. I'm not trying to pat us on the back because, like, we built, like, something that is incredible, but also, like, we built something that was built in a short period of time. And so there's plenty of stuff that we need to do to make it better. So I'm much. not knocking it. It's wonderful. So much. I love, our, I love our content creation system. Um, uh, actually, this is great. We should talk about the name, and we should do – we're going to get to that in a second. But – um, but yeah, the point is that it, it turns out that if you start from scratch, really from scratch, and it's like you're building on really modern technology and we built, and I want to talk about what we built with, um, but you built like really cutting edge stuff. Like you can actually do things that are like our, we can do things that are kind of crazy. Like our, our visual language is much more diverse. Like our ability to like tweak posts and rearrange things and put them together. Like we have this system where we can stack things and group like the, our cards into individual stories. And like, it's a really interesting, malleable way to, to work. And I think for it's daunting uh, to even look at and think about now because it is so, I mean, it is so alien and so foreign compared to most CMSs. Um, but also it's like incredibly, it's an incredible beginning of something. And I think what's so insane to me and what I never will fully understand is how you guys arrived at a feeling of 
assurance that you would be able to build a completely functional platform in the amount of time that you build it. How is that? How did we not, how did this thing not blow up? It's a good question. I mean, <laughs> if it had blown up, that, that would be a different question. Um, so this guy, it's kind of self This would be a different conversation. Yeah, well, we probably we'd not be having, we, we might not be having this We definitely would not be having this conversation. Uh, I mean, I think I, I really believe in incremental product development, right? And I think I wouldn't have just like said, hey, we're going to like do this eight week, 15 week, whatever it was for the CMS build. And like at the end, we're going to launch it. It's like we made a prototype in a week and we're like, this feels like it's probably going to work. And we <laughs> built out we built out like complexity within that. So maybe we don't have to build all five card types. We can build one and be like, okay, we understand how this thing feels. Like we yeah. understand what the guts of it are. We can go and show it to you. What was the first card? Like, headline card? Yeah, headline card. That's the easiest. Yeah. <laughs> it's, well, it's actually not the easiest. It's not? It, well, yeah, I think quote card's easier actually. It's like insane. headline card has squiggles and like alignment oh, right, stuff. Right. And it's got a lot of, anyway. We like, we tried it. And if it had gone totally on its face, we would have been like, well, we're going to back up. I mean, it would have been, we, I mean, I think now, like, what an important and fateful decision for us making something new. I mean, the plan was always down the road to build a completely new platform. Yeah. Like, that we were always going to build from scratch. But the idea was, well, we're getting started. We want to get started quickly. And so we'll use WordPress, as many publishers do. Yeah. Right? They, many, most publishers use someone else's platform. And part of, like, the outline, the concept of the outline in independent media, by extension, is, like, we wouldn't just do the thing that everybody else does because that's often not the right thing for the actual task at hand. Right. And I mean, sorry, go ahead. But it, it's not just like to do it differently so you own it. I think it's really about like owning the way your data is set up is like owning your future. Like the company is the data that it creates and you can change the front end, you can change the CMS, but like the way you store data, the way you structure the fields that the story like goes into, like that's the that's the guts of what you're trying to do. And if that's tacked on to someone else's decisions about how data should be stored, you're just kind of fundamentally at a at a at a second rate position, I think. Right. Which is like there's a lot of out of the shelf, off the shelf solutions, whether open source or not, that are very sophisticated tools for content management. Um, this is not to like knock any of them. I just think that when you're trying to do something that's so out there, you want as much control as possible around how to shape that. Um, with the goal being reducing the amount of kind of converters that you need to get from what you want to have and like what the where the data goes like you want to right. reduce the number of adapters by just like going straight to what you need and we store we're storing all of our data in a google sheet is that correct <laughs> <laughs> just to be yes. clear we have one elaborate google sheet where everything gets dumped right it's like well it's one tab per story okay right, right. and then it's a it's just, it just yeah. it continually growing the tabs mm -hmm. in that sheet right all right we're gonna take a quick break because we're gonna get into some real nasty details here in a minute we're gonna take a break and then we'll be back with more Ivar vong after this break and these messages that are important for you to listen to. You can't build tomorrow's innovation on yesterday's technology. That's why leading companies around the world trust the Couchbase data platform to power their modern web, mobile, and IoT applications. Couchbase offers unsurpassed agility, unparalleled performance at any scale in an easy-to-operate platform. Plus, it allows you to manage billions of records and terabytes of data, all while supporting millions of users. The Couchbase data platform includes Couchbase Server, which has SQL-like querying with high-performance indexing, my personal favorite feature. Couchbase Lite, which is the first mobile NoSQL database. And Couchbase Sync Gateway, which keeps your data center and mobile devices in sync. 
Couchbase is designed for global deployments and has configurable cross-data center replication built right in. See for yourself why leading companies like Cisco, eBay, GE, Marriott, and Verizon are taking advantage of Couchbase's many, many, many unique capabilities. Use Couchbase to start transforming your customer experiences today. Learn more at couchbase.com slash tomorrow. That's couchbase.com slash tomorrow to learn more about how you can build web, mobile, and IoT applications with Couchbase. We're back. <clears throat> We're back. We're talking to Ivar Vong, the CTO of Independent Media slash The Outline, and also a human. Uh, now, Ivar, is it true that there is a shelving system that is sold at Ikea that has the name Ivar? Yeah. <laughs> I, I do not own it, although I have considered it. Why do you I, buy it? I, well, I, I think it's a good solution. I don't really have enough space for it. Can you it right describe now. it? Could you describe what the Evar shelving? It's a modular. Unit? It's a modular shelving unit. So okay. there's a lot of configurations. Mm-hmm. Not just, a, just a lot like not CMS. unlike a good content management system. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it looks interesting. Yeah, is it wood? I honestly don't remember. Solid wood. It is. It's a nice. It's a nice wood. Solid. Can it be stained? Uh, yeah. Oh, really? Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. The Evar shelving system at IKEA. Pick it up now. Uh, and this we're not <laughs> sponsored by IKEA, by the way, but we are sponsored by Evar Vong. Um, so anyhow, so let's talk about this. I want I, I was just thinking back as we were talking about the CMS, which I don't know if this is boring or not, by the way. Like, I think it's very interesting. I love CMS. Yeah, I, so do I. But I don't know if any, well, actually, I don't love them. I think most of them are pretty bad. But, like, I love the idea of them. Like, what's interesting to me is that, okay, this is, media is a really fucked up business. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this a lot. But me, so much. But I don't know if I've talked about it that much on this podcast where it's like, so, so it's really weird to be in news on the internet because... If you're making something from scratch, you essentially have this weird thing where you've got two customers. One customer are the people is the is the people are the people. I should know this as an editor, but anyhow, one customer is the people are the people who read <laughs> what the fuck who read <laughs> the website or whatever it is that you make every day, and they have to like get information from you and see things and experience things and interact with things and whatever. So that's a whole that's one customer. So like. Then there's this other customer, which is the which are I don't know anyhow the people who use the CMS to make the things that people read right Indeed. so and you have there's completely different sets of needs for both and you have to like build a system that functions in one highly specific way for one set but produces something highly specific for another set which to me seems really weird like I feel like Instagram has one customer right Instagram has I mean I know they have advertisers now or whatever but the advertisers are essentially using Instagram. Instagram's like, we have a person who wants to put photos in a feed. How do we make that experience really cool? Right, like, like, like the CMS user. is the app, right? There's no like separate CMS. That's right. It's just one thing. Twitter. Yeah. Twitter is the, is the all one thing. What's weird with Twitter and Instagram is that lots of celebrities do SpawnCon, but they don't get a cut of that. They didn't build in any way for themselves to make any money on the Instagram. You mean like if I'm if I'm if I'm uh, Kylie Jenner, which I am by the way, and <laughs> you I'm look like, great. I'm like, thank you, and I'm like, check out my new lip kit hashtag. Lip kit or whatever. Yeah, hashtag Twitter, ad, hashtag do they not? I mean, Twitter might actually make some money off of the hashtags or something. No, really? they make money when you promote a tweet. But yeah. you could post whatever, like Tavi Gevinson posting about her stupid apartment building, got a free apartment building. Yeah. But no, yeah, she got a free like yeah. penthouse apartment for tweeting about it. It's great. I wish I could do things. Yeah, like I would that. do the same thing. <laughs> It'd be so great to be to not give a just not have any ethics <laughs> and not have to worry about it. Just be like, I'm advertising for things. Hashtag spawn. That's enough. But mm. they don't make any money on that because they didn't build it in. You're just using their CMS. 
It's interesting to think about that, actually. I've never really thought about it from that perspective, that, like, they created these systems where anybody could just use them to... I mean, it's basically what we do, actually. Yeah. Like, if we put a story on social, we're basically advertising for a story, our story. But anyhow, so, like, so, so... So building a CMS is, is a really cool and but also very difficult thing to do. And ours is we're like, what do you think? Five percent of the way 2%. there? Two percent of the way there. Yeah. Right? I'm glad that we're close. Oh yeah. I'm glad I wasn't like, what are we like twenty five percent of the way oh, there? No, like, we're ninety percent there. We're <laughs> done. <laughs> um but like we built like a pretty crazy new thing that is n- n- imperfect, but very, very good. In my opinion, I think it's pretty ambitious, right? Like, it's very ambitious. It really solves for this: how do you how do you pull apart things that are not just a headline and a deck and a blob of text? Like having the the top of story experience, what we call cards, right? Having a bunch of different versions of that that are yeah. like storytelling driven and not like technology driven. It's not like here's a hero image. It's like these are editorially um, created like ways of presenting information that aren't just necessarily like please scroll. It's like it's a standalone. Yeah piece of content, we built a system to, that first and foremost does that, right? It puts that at the very center of the tool. Um, it gives you live preview on mobile. Like it, it's really trying to put content creation. Yeah. It's basically real front. time. Yeah. It's basically real time. I mean, here's something about RCMS that's crazy that you can literally, I mean, I don't know if there's a way we could actually do this. I'm sure that there is and we just haven't, we don't implement it. But like if you make an update to something, it's instantaneous. Like there is no delay. Nothing has to like... Cat, there's no cache. It actually goes to the server and back every keystroke, and it still feels instantaneous. Like when when I'm like writing a story, yeah. right? Like we see a live preview when I'm writing, like it's like live, and then but if you like publish something and you make a change, that's like as soon as you save it. I mean, I assume we could actually do it live. I've never we've never really talked about this. We've talked about doing some real time stuff. How hard would it be to just so like people could see me typing while I'm writing like live? a post? Yeah, we could do that. Go we? That'd be sweet. Seriously. We should do that. Okay. That'd be an amazing tool, actually. I think we should have a homepage version that just turns off the homepage, and it's just like a it's like a, it's a, a monologue. live doc. Yeah. Yeah. But that's like every idea. keystroke. It's kind of like, anyhow, so so that's an incredible thing. But like what's really cool is that like, so, you know, people for a long time talked about these, everybody, so in mobile OSs, and I think a lot of our conversation early on was about, um, obviously mobile, we're very much a mobile-focused enterprise, though I think we have a great desktop experience, but... um. In mobile, you hear people talk about particularly the biggest of the big businesses, mobile OSs, iOS, Android. They talk about a concept of cards, of information being compartmentalized into these cards that are like you can shuffle them, you can stack them, they can be grouped together. And and you see an implementation of that system. You see abstractions of that all over mobile OSs and you see them all over mobile apps and you see them almost not at all on the Internet. Essentially, like there's no concept that like information, information can be compartmentalized and stacked and moved, right? It's like all like here's a page full of things and maybe there's another page yeah. full of things adjacent to it or whatever. Yeah. And so one of the – like the way that our system is built is that like you have – like you mentioned that we have these cards. But the cards themselves are like units of information and they are like live Stackable, remixable, shuffleable, like they can be cr- joined together to make a story. They can be broken apart to be separate things. They can be displayed in all sorts of different ways. They can be like a grid. They can be a fan. They can be up and down the page or anyhow. The point is what's really interesting, they can be really big. They can be really small. What's really interesting that I don't know that – and we haven't yet – we have yet to, I think, fully express what this system can do because we're early. But this idea that like you start with making a story not from – 
the basis of, okay, I have a, I have like a, you know, lead, the lead paragraph and then, you know, there's a headline, there's a deck, there's a photo, there's a a deck is what we call a subhead if you're not a a journalist nerd. Um, We basically are breaking out all of those components as sort of separate and secondary, the basics, and making this whole other set of components that can be, that are a totally different, like, path. And that's no pun intended, but we call when you're flipping through cards on the site a path. Um, and I'm just rambling now. There's no point in me saying this, but, but the, but the way that we did it, I guess my point is, I'm sorry, I feel like I'm, I'm talking a lot and not letting you talk about our CMS, but the way that we did it is, is really interesting that we are not using, like, we've already said we're not using WordPress, but can you talk about the technology that we're using that is actually the basis for our CMS and for our systems? Yeah. Yeah, Well, I think before that, there's one thing that is very different for me, like having built technology other places in that the design system that we have was was very thoughtful, I think, compared to um, a lot of like story centric design systems, meaning we do we do like this system where you have a quote card and that can live in like a dozen different ways between, you know, it can be huge on desktop. It can be in a um, in a stack on mobile that you flip through. And we separated the kind of the content from that card, whichever type that is, and the actual visual treatment. And we used permutations of small multiples to build like tens of thousands of variations. Right. So, for example, like often you would build, hey, this is the top of a story. We're going to do a beautiful design. It's going to be a one-off. We're going to take time to make it work responsively. Uh, but how do you scale that kind of thing out, not just to like one story, but in a way that can work for thousands of stories? By separating like the content from this modular design system, we allow editors to like make things that look beautiful without being designers because they can they can plug these pieces together and that right. actually that's like a pretty amazing thing yeah. having gone from like seeing it in mockups to teasing apart what those different blocks are that are composable to actually building this system that as we as we add components gets like much more complex in terms of the visual things we can do um, yeah. So the underlying technology is important, but to me, that kind of design system that works across editorial and advertising content, like that is a really interesting um, thing that we did that I haven't seen anywhere else. Really. No, I agree. And before you get into the tech, because I do want to talk about it, but one thing I'll say about that is I think there's um, there's always been, and I've in various newsrooms, there's always been for me this like struggle about like how do you make something look how do you make something? How do you tell a story differently or make something look compelling, where you don't have to involve like another group of people, where you can go direct from like I have an idea or I want to put something out there, to experimenting with it and to like essentially releasing it, where it doesn't require that you stop that process. And one of the things that has been consistently amazing, I feel like we're just patting ourselves in the back, but whatever. We haven't talked <laughs> about this. We haven't really talked about this at all in public. Um, is 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 this idea that like you don't like I can make something really crazy looking and I don't have to ever talk to a designer. Not that I think design is not important. It is very important for us. But like we that that system of there it's beyond, you know, it, it's beyond templates. Like I think that and I think yeah. a lot of people make the mistake of going like, oh, you've got templates, but like they're actually not. They're components that make up permutations. Right. So it's not that it's not design, it's just the designers created this system that the pieces always fit together. Right. And so instead of having, for Most example, well, yeah, they're, they're, we have bad combinations. That's fair. 
But instead of saying, hey, what like font size do you want? Type it in 72 pixels. It's like there's options that, right. are, that are preset. Instead right. of saying pick two colors and, and we'll build a gradient out of it, there's <laughs> predefined colors that look good. I will say right? this. I, I often I think uh, fondly of the uh, early, early demo that Ivar made personally, which was like a it was card. two color pickers, yeah. It was like a color picker to make a what we call a duotone, which is how we treat our images. Yeah. Which, by the way, is like rendered... Like within our CMS, those aren't like we're not like applying colors. This is I think this is something that I feel like people don't realize. Like when we change colors of things, or when we when you see like an image, like the image processing is done server side. I mean, yeah. it's like so. So very early on, we built a prototype that used SVG filters to do the color transformation. And basically, what a duotone is, is you take a, a normal color image, you make it black and white, and then you say, okay, black is going to be this navy color white is going to be this yellow color blend between them, right? right. We and have that exact color scheme. We it's do. like royal, royal and yellow. Yeah. Uh, we, you can actually do that with SVG filters now, which is crazy, right? Like modern browsers do amazing things. And we had this prototype uh, and it, it worked, but it was so slow. It just, we couldn't use it. You'd scroll and it would scroll performance would just die. Yeah, I remember this. I was so at I, a time when it was a very dark time when I was like, this, this is never going to work. So I, I built a like an image service that wraps graphics magic and it converts this duotone, doesn't on, on the fly. So we just have this thing. I actually haven't pushed code to it in four months. Like it just like, oh, it's really? just been like hanging out, that doing, doing great. Why I'm so mad about a lot of the, no, it's great. It's awesome. But you know, those are rendered on the server. They're just normal JPEGs that come down. Uh, so even though SVG filters are sweet, like we, we can't use them yet because browsers slow to a crawl. But not just JPEGs. I mean, we can apply them to GIFs. I think we can apply That's them true. to video, right? Well, we can apply them to GIFs and those get turned into video. Right. But it doesn't work on MP4. Oh, yet. I see. Okay. But we had a version that did work on MP4. Well, early on, what it actually did is it converted MP4 to GIF and then did the conversion, then converted it back, which <laughs> did not work very well. Really, very bad for bandwidth. Very um, bad. But okay, talk about the so talk about the tech that 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 is the underlying tech because this is not yeah. a, the 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 frameworks with which we built the outline are not that common in media. Uh, in, not common yet. At least one of them isn't, or so even on the internet, are they? It's it's early. Like I'm very excited that we're on it because I think it's it really is the future. But there's there's basically three subsystems that are we're talking about. One is um, the public facing front end, which is what you see when you go to theoutline.com. It's fairly simple in that it's um, Redux, which is a way of managing state. Um, it's often used with React. We use it without React on the front end, which we can get back to. Yeah, I mean, I the you're already the yeah. second component is the CMS, which Josh loves more than anything in the world. I love the CMS. Um, I love all CMSs. Well, yeah. So, and that's React with Redux. Um, <laughs> this is all can, I, we, can, we can talk about React or not on the public facing. Well, we front definitely end. should. We definitely yeah. should. I, I know you're excited. I am. Um, and the third piece, which is what you're alluding to, is Elixir and Phoenix which is the backend technology that we use. So we have a monolith that runs both front-end code bases and the, the back-end code base. One repo deployed to Heroku. Of so, course. So <laughs> Elixir Phoenix. Why Elixir Phoenix? Why not Rails? Why not Node.js? Yes. Node.js is so I think so every great. listener right now why is like, why not, why not PHP? Yeah. Why, I mean, PHP is great. Yeah. Half the More than half the internet runs on PHP, right? Mm -hmm. So here's my pitch for Elixir. Yep. As a, someone that was a Rails dev for a long time, freelance Rails dev, Marshall Project was Rails, like blah, blah, blah. Yep. I love Rails. Rails is an amazing tool. This guy's high on Rails right now. He's Rails, doing Rails. <laughs> Rails is sick. Yeah. Uh, there are problems with Rails, right? You end up building all this stuff around it to support it, not unlike building WordPress with like a front end and having to manage all of the complexity of multiple systems. Elixir is a programming language 
created by Jose Valim. Hopefully I said his name right. That'll be embarrassing if I said it wrong. We'll, Sorry. we'll overdub it. Ryan will um, do your voice on top. Please. I'm excited for that. And it's built on this virtual machine. You and I have had this conversation before. About this is where he machines. loses me. VM, here we go. Goes off the rails. Yep. Get it? Um, oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so if you've heard of Erlang, which you probably haven't. You all have heard of Erlang. Invented by Ericsson <laughs> in, I think, the late 80s. Probably know my facts. For Ericsson, this. Ericsson, a Swedish company. Phone. Yeah, exactly. Erlang uh-huh. Ericsson sounds like a Viking who <laughs> discovered something. Well, Erlang, and it was built to power like telephone switches. Yeah, and famously, this is cool. I mean, this to me is cool. By the way, it also reminds me of like when BlackBerry switched to its Qunix platform, which mm-hmm. was like Qunix is like built was built to like operate. Power state. This is, by the way, I'm not comparing this to BlackBerry in any fucking way, but there's something really interesting about this idea that there are certain technologies, and I don't think BlackBerry did a good job of implementing this, and I think we've done a good job of implementing it. There are technologies that are like old as fuck. Yeah. That are actually really awesome. Yeah. Because they're like, like they're battle. They're ba- exactly. They're yeah. like built for speed, and they're built for low bandwidth, and they're built for yes. like all the things yes. you need to make something fast and modern. So Erlang was like, hey, how do we build phones which is for like millions of people, and they have to all be connected, and it has to be really low latency. It has to like, you know, hey, guess what? That's like what the internet is, except it's not phones and SMS. It's it's HTTP. Uh, the problem with Erlang is it's not a very fun language to work in. Um, but <laughs> that's that is if a you've problem. Heard of, if you've heard, I mean, it's just like not very ergonomical for developers. I don't even opinion. know what that means. Give me an example of that. It's just, well, let's move on and come back. Okay, fine. So there's a company that you may have heard of called WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. It's built on Erlang. WhatsApp. Massive, uh, huge. Turns out similar to what Erlang's original use was, which is basically soft real-time systems, meaning lots and lots of messages being passed. Again, same as the internet. Right. So these Bill- Rails Billions devs, of messages. So many. Yeah. So these Rails devs were like, hey, like Ruby's really cool, Rails is great, but what about this like... Uh, what about this Erlang thing? What if we built a new programming language which took everything we love about Rails, which makes it so amazing for small teams to build things quickly, and we, like, built a new language that sat on top of, like, this multi-decade, like, battle-tested software that's really good at, like, um, real-time and, like, low latency and, like, huge scalability. And turns and, out it was a really good idea. And that language was, like... Ruby on Rails. Like, Ruby is a programming language. Yeah, explain, Ruby, purpose, explain Rails for a second yeah, for the uninitiated. <laughs> Ruby is cool, but there's shortcomings of Ruby, right? You have to use um, like message buses behind it. You yeah. like it doesn't scale well, like, yes. the, you know, blah, blah, blah. Message bus is the worst. Yeah. Go ahead. Background jobs are hard. <laughs> so people from the Ruby world, including Jose Valim, uh, Jose was like, let's build Elixir. Is it Jose? I think it's Jose. Really? I'm, I'm pretty sure. Okay. I don't know. Is it spelled J O S E? Yeah. Oh, okay. Pretty sure. Jose well, and the Pussycats. <laughs> <laughs> This is like such a if, weird if, mixture if of personalities if, right now. If I'm wrong, I feel like my Twitter notifications are going Ryan crazy. is like so bad for this conversation. Me and Ivar get along great. Uh-huh. It's true. Right. It's true. Well, it, so yeah. built, a, built a brand new programming language with like the best parts of Ruby, but built on top of like this battle-tested This is what I was say, just system. saying. That's what I said. Oh, well, then you're right. That's it, literally, isn't that what I just said? It's okay. like they built like a Rails, but for Erlang. Oh, oh, yeah, yes. So, so Elixir is like a really great language, I think, yes. and it, it really strikes I mean, a balance. I have, of like, to, I have to believe that because you yeah. build our, our system on it. And it's also, you know, Dave Lucia, amazing person and developer, was like so stoked to come write Elixir code. Like yes. I, 
And if there are other people out there that are excited to write Elixir <laughs> code, hiring. we are hiring. We are hiring for people um, who would love to write code. Yeah. I mean, part of what people, including, I'll speak for myself, we're looking for, like, I want a functional programming language. I want good support for concurrency. I'm interested in, like, immutable programming languages. Uh, Ruby, you can do that, but it's not the same as having one that has, like, is a real functional programming language with pattern matching, blah, blah, blah. Mm. I could go on and on about how you great could. I could. I definitely you really could. could. So... It, it, I think it really allows us to write less code and, like, more concise, like, good code, if that makes any sense, which it probably doesn't. It makes sense There to is me. bad code. No, I believe me. I know about that. Like, very, like, comp. So I'm very happy with, like, building the back end for CMS and for uh, a media website in Elixir because I think it's a great way of expressing, like, the kinds of problems that we're solving. It certainly would excel at solving like much more complicated problems because honestly a lot of what we do is like here's a database write to it read from it render some yeah, strings out I fine. mean you know it's pretty yeah. complex but it's it's really lovely to work in and that sounds probably insane to no, be like sounds I love great. this language that but it's a beautiful. beautiful language that sounds yeah. wonderful I think that uh, I think that you know um, we should strive to find beauty in all things yeah. as far as I'm concerned um, now we can get into the really important conversation yes, which please. is we have been ha oh for, I should say this so I should say that um, you know, you built an incredible system, which I love and people here love, but also, um, it's an award-winning system. Uh, and it's a, we have an award-winning website. We just, you and I were just in North Carolina getting a, a society of news design award for mm -hmm. world's best website. Is that what the award's called? I think it is. It's the exact name, right? Now let's get to the real, let's talk about the real problem that we have. We need to put it out there into the world. We can't decide on a name for the CMS. So can I talk about this? Yeah. How do you feel about it? I, I feel like it needs a name. Well, we haven't named it. And well, I have a name ooh. in mind. I know you do. For the for the system, for our system of, of I creating. I feel like that's just what it's going to be. No, I don't think so. Maybe not. I would like to call our content creation system our vast and and incredibly intuitive and and brilliant tool. Dippers. A name that is a, <laughs> a name that is appropriate for you know for that says a, sends you a message immediately right. about about the power and and I think it should be a little bit enterprisey. Right? It should have yeah, that, a little like, bit. You want it to feel proprietary up. You don't content want to, yeah. platform. Yeah, I want to call it Cyberdeck Six Thousand. Ivar wants to call it proprietary content platform PCP. Um, now I'll say this: I like PCP is funny. Uh, it's probably not right. And also is is like I do think it's reflective of our of our content creation system, our CCS, um, because it's like when you use it, it's like you're whacked out of your mind on drugs and you can like lift a car. You feel like you have the strength. Yeah. You yeah. feel like you're in one, you're on strong drugs and two, you have you are have uh, more strength than is humanly possible. When you use it. So PCP is a pretty good name. But let me give you my arguments for Cyberdeck 6000, okay? Uh, one, Cyberdeck 6000 is a suite of applications, okay? Yeah. Our, For instance, our ad product is called Cash Machine. That's a capital C, capital M, camel case, one word. I thought it was K, Cash Machine. Yeah. Uh, sure, why K. not? Why not? <laughs> cash Machine. Yeah. Uh, our The actual editor component is called Blog Blaster. Uh, <laughs> capital B, capital B, camel, uh, one word, obviously. And then our pla our video platform is VidX4, <laughs> V-I-D-E-X-X4, uh, number, the number four. And so I think when you present the suite, 
when you present all the components of Cybertex, the, the modular, like the EVAR yeah. shelving, a modular system, I think it's very compelling. We, we could just call it the EVAR. You only have, no, you only have, <laughs> I originally wanted to call it Whopper. Oh, yeah. I like Whopper more, but you should you should explain what that means. Well, Whopper is the is the computer from War Games, which is the War Operations Protocol and Response. I think is the is what Whopper. It's W O P R. Planned response. Or something. Planned response, maybe something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I should know this. You probably should. Anyhow, the one thing I can tell you about Whopper is that it's a badass computer system that answers to the name Joshua. And that sounds me, just like our CMS. It feels to be honest. like a lot like what's going on here. War Games was a formative film for me. We could call it Hal. You've never seen it. No. Hal is played. I like Whopper. You do? Mm-hmm. See? The, the fans have spoken. Do you oh, really yeah. want to call it PCP? No, I don't. I'm joking. It's a here's joke. The thing, here's the thing all CMSs sound stupid. It's true. They all have dumb names. Yeah. We want to give it a different name Kinja. Uh, <laughs> Well, Kinja, yeah, Kinja's like, what? I don't know what. Kinja's like, I don't even know what that means. Like, Ninja with a K? Like, I don't know what it's... Does it mean something? It means garbage. <laughs> wow. Okay, so Ryan, has, Ryan wow. has strong feelings about Kinja. Do we have any other name? I wish we could... I wish we had a live... I wish this was live. Dude, we should go live on Facebook right now. And, and we had a call Ugh. No, I'm joking. That would be but, bad. Uh, I mean, I think Whopper's okay. You could call one of the products Big Mac and another one Quarter Pounder. That's a horrible idea, and I'm offended. Wait, isn't Whopper Burger King? It isn't Big Mac. Yeah, you're in yeah, the no, wrong fucking meant, establishment. Let's go, from, let's go from place to place. No, what you'd call oh, like it is... one per fast food joint? Oh, yeah. I see what you're saying. That's what I meant. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, hmm. I don't eat meat, so I don't know where they're from. Okay. That's what I was going for. Can we go, like, can we go Blizzard? Does that have to be on the on the burger? Whopper, Blizzard. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was like not burgers. I think it was other things. Yeah. That's really good. Blizzard would be a good name Your for meetup our... software is five guys. <laughs> it's <laughs> very, uh, very good happy meal yeah a uh, happy meal is is where that's our self-serve ad platform happy yeah. meal the ice cream <laughs> machine is down <laughs> uh, i like that i like that i like uh mcnugget what is the thing called when you do all of the different sodas it's called suicide yeah what, Suic- is, what, what is that? that I don't know. Be? That's like our. That's like the card editor is called suicide. <laughs> <laughs> that is kind of what it feels like, huh? Yeah. No, it Everything. feels like a dream. Well, feels like a dream. Anyhow. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's talk about next steps here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's talk about our four point plan to make this name happen. Okay. Here's what I think. Uh, listeners of the podcast, of which there are several, uh, send in your suggestions for for names for our content management system. Our, Current, our platform. Our platform, yeah. our stack. Yeah. Our full modern, stack. Yeah. Yeah. Our modern stack. Yep. Here's some here's some name options that we've we've bandied about. Uh Whopper. Oh W O P R. PCP AK uh proprietary content platform. Yeah. Cyberdeck six thousand featuring the products uh Cash Machine. Blog Blaster and VidX4. And that to me sounds like a product from 1998 that was sold in an infomercial. It's like that story about early uh, AR that we did with like the crazy computers on people's heads. Mm-hmm. I feel like those would be cool. That was, what was that called, Ryan? Can you look that up? That had a great name. It was called like the, and it had a really good name. Um, now, here are some other real names that have been bandied about. Should we talk about these or should we not? No, we should definitely talk about them. Priority. Oh, yeah. No, priority is great. I don't like priority. Uh, well, 
You only the joke. Have... The joke about priority is that everything f- that I'm. I think it's a joke about me. It is that I was. Somebody was like, "We need to prioritize," and I was like, "Everything's a priority." Correct. Yeah. Okay. That sounds like something I would say. Yeah. Cybernaut is what you were. Cybernaut. Which, by oh, the wow, way, that's like very, very similar. But yeah. I have to say, Cyberdeck Six Thousand existed before Cybernaut was in my view. Before it came into view on your cybernet, into into view in my my heads up display. Your mobile assistant is what it was called. All right, so so let's see. The New York Times has a thing called Scoop. Yep. Right. And a thing called Oak. Let's talk about Oak. Doesn't make any sense, but Scoop. Yeah. Sure. Let's talk about other platform names. Mm, Chorus. Vox is called Chorus, and then everything about is like is is like singing or it's a hymn. Mm -hmm. Hymnal is like their ad product. It's all like singing related, which is good. That's a good idea. I I think it's good. Like you should have a a unified. That's what I'm interested in. Also, is a unified Uh, system, like a suite of things. Well, I think if you have uh, if you have Blog Blaster, you have to have Cash Machine. That's the way I feel. Um, So, uh, is that brand safe though? No. What are some other? What are some other CMS? WordPress. Yeah, Drupal. Drupal, <laughs> Drupal which uh, sounds like a what about movable like type? dongles, like dongles cousin, lame cousin. What if we call it dongle? We should call it movable like type. The, movable the type's out of business, isn't it? I don't know. Brian, Google that. <laughs> look at this guy. Look at him studiously googling right now. Look at um, look at this Google face he has on. Is <laughs> is Facebook a CMS? They're still around. You know, I used to own Facebook with eight A's. Did they take it like away? Like Facebook. I think I just let it lapse. Maybe I still own it. I <laughs> what if you named your product Facebook? <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad idea. I don't think that would work. I've owned a lot of bad and useless website URLs. Don't talk about any of our don't don't mention I know you have some. Oh, okay. I don't want I don't want those out in public. Okay. But I feel like we've gone on long enough now without having a name that we should like be a little more transparent with the people and tell them that we don't have a name. What are other names that we've talked about? I, I like I, I think priority is funny. It's not that good. You just don't like it because it makes make you funny. No, I don't care. Pfft, look, I don't <laughs> make fun of you. I don't. I have. I am impervious to damage. Okay. Mm. We should talk about how you beat me at NASCAR Simulator. Ugh. Hey, so I thought you were just gonna end with beat me. <laughs> like, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. Yeah, lie. <laughs> uh, oh, so we should talk about. This. So we went to this thing, the SND Awards, and yeah. we we won an award, which is very cool. For world's best website, no big deal. Our competition was New York Times and uh, Washington Post and Quartz and uh, you know the Intercept. Anyhow, but uh, we went down to North Carolina where they were holding it, and the awards show was at the NASCAR Hall of Fame, which I didn't even know existed. But it's amazing. Nor did I know it was in North Carolina, and so it was like we were like there at night. First off, anything that's like a museum at night, I get. I understand Night at the Museum now, the movie, the movie series. It makes a lot of sense. Like it's a, a cool place to be. Um, so the NASCAR Museum in North Carolina is lit AF, and <laughs> it's a little lingo, internet lingo for you kids. And they have NASCAR simulators. We were drinking. Oh, yeah. But they also have NASCAR simulators that are pretty hard to drive. It turns yeah. out, like, you think it's easy to drive a NASCAR. No. It's hard. It's not easy. It's hard work. Yes. I mean, it's not just, you don't well, just jump in and, and fire up the car and get, get on your way. We even practiced. Yeah, we did a practice round. Uh, but then we got in the and like they have seven real NASCAR cars. Yeah, and yeah, they have, you get in the car. They have computers inside of them. It's a VR screen. experience. It's not VR. Well, it's just a screen. It's like, a, but you race. Well, you you feel like you're in a. Yeah, no, you are literally. It's immersive. Like, it's an immersive experience. Yes, not VR, right. but an immersive. They experience. They should do it in VR. Anyhow, I put my name down as Josh Smith for some reason. I don't know why. I think I was worried about having to explain to the 
the person who in North Carolina, what my last name was. Mm-hmm. I think there was a lot of fear there. Mm-hmm. And you were uh, not Ivan. Ivan Vaughn. Yeah. People, <laughs> which must happen all the time, right? Well, with handwriting, which it was handwritten, yeah. like they wrote and then typed it yeah, in. Let me write this down. Cursive right now. R looks a lot like an N. Well, if it's lowercase. Cursive. Not R. everyone writes in all know. caps, Josh. I don't even know how to do a V. It's I, like a, yeah, okay. Uh, I don't. I, anyway, long story short, there were 14 people, 14 people in this race. Oh, Josh got third, I got fourth. I Were you in fourth place? Yeah. It just shows how close we are, really, in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know. I, I was driving backwards for several laps, so I'm not sure how I ended up in third place. I think yeah. it's a testament. It's like that, that thing about the fastest, about the um, if you're running from a bear, you don't need to be as fa- you know the fastest runner. You just need to be faster the slowest, than the slowest. Yeah person yeah <laughs> i feel like that's what was going on and yeah okay now before we go let's talk about some let's talk about ivar the man okay you were born in uh corvallis oregon corvallis oregon which is no longer it doesn't exist anymore it does corvallis has been my my parents live there your parents are, live in corvallis this is can you give us the exact address we'd like to get some of the listeners over there as soon as I possible don't wish to do that all right so you look up the vongs in corvallis anyhow you were born in oregon yeah um, you went to school in Oregon. The University of Oregon, Eugene, U- Oregon. U of O. Yep. Is that what they call it? U of Reunion o. fraternity? No. Okay. Uh, what was your major? Applied mathematics. Okay. And what was the hope at the end of the applied mathematics uh, uh, s- sequence of events? Oh, there was no hope. I <laughs> like, mean, what, do you do? what do you do with a math degree? Well, so so my father is a, is a research scientist. He studies atmospheric chemistry. It's amazing. Um, and also beyond my comprehension. And my mother teaches apparel design. Um, so math was like, math was always like around. I remember deriving, this is so nerdy. I remember deriving the Pythagorean theorem on a whiteboard when Uh, I was like small with my father. Do you see we're in the, we're in the presence of a genius here. People don't realize we're talking about right now. I'm talking to a guy. It's like a beautiful mind is right here in the podcast studio with me. That's so not. Fuck you. Okay. Um, <laughs> there we go. Yeah. So I I was like, math is cool. I like math. I had a, an am- this is, again, really nerdy. I had an amazing calculus teacher in my freshman year of college, Hal Sadovsky. Hal's the fucking man. The best. But then after sophomore year, I was like, ugh, I don't care about this. Really? I was like writing code. I really wanted to be a photographer. Like I really did. And I graduated and I was freelancing. Well, you take beautiful photos. And I even shot I shot a handful of assignments for the New York Times. We should say like, you've, you're a published uh, photographer in the New York Times. Yeah, a couple of times. Yeah. But uh, it just like software always kind of pulled me back. Like it's the – and at in college and right after college, it was like I really care about like making pictures like that's what I wanted to do, um, but I eventually took a job as uh, as a developer um, in Eugene, working for a small nonprofit. It's actually the student paper, but it's a it's a five hundred one c three nonprofit, so it has like a full staff positions there. And so I was running um, technology for the business side. We we're trying to like invent new digital products that were not print advertising revenue, mm-hmm. um, as the college paper like needed to you know diversify its revenue stream. And that's when I started building CMSs for real. We built, um, we built several kind of small businesses within that. And that's when I, I think I kind of understood that one of the most interesting things to work on is this, is this intersection between storytelling and like understanding and really caring about visual storytelling and like technology and one or the other, like you can absolutely do, but the center of that is really, really interesting to me, which is why I went to the Marsh Project and why I came here is I think there's so much potential there, especially on the internet. 
right? Like video is amazing. Like there's so much great work I agree. all over the place. But like the internet just feels like we haven't really gotten anywhere near what we can do. It's so fucking boring. Yeah. I mean, you see like, it's funny. You see on like designers websites, you're like, holy shit, that's awesome. Like all the time, like we have um, uh, our design director, Stefan Albaz. I hope I said that right. I've actually never said it out loud. I don't think. Um, he uh, started a room in our Slack called Type Beast, and in Type Beast, we just drop in like crazy type, crazy typography, um, and and you know the other day we were looking through websites, and you like see these like crazy beautiful like incredible design yeah. like magazine beyond magazine design like live moving interactive like really incredible stuff that's built like web. It's built like web native. It's not like a flash file. It's not a video. It's not – it's like a thing that is like – it's funny. I was talking to Stefan and I actually had a kind of debate about this. Like why make it live versus making it a video? Like I was complaining about Snapchat where it's like all these like looping videos and we're making stuff that does what Snapchat does but it's live on the web mm-hmm. and becomes this like responsive, malleable, incredible sort of like uh, object and app unto itself. But one of the things about the outline I think what got us both excited to make it – is is that very idea, which is like we're so set in the old ways of doing things and we're using so much old technology and stuff that's like very crufty and very like um, replicated and regurgitated that we don't – we're not like, wait, let's just do it differently. And yeah. so And so what we're doing, which is I think can look very messy at times and feel very like off the rails, no pun intended um, – is exactly getting at that exact thing, which is like, how do you make something new? How do you try to make something new? Even if it doesn't always work, even if you are going to have to learn something hard, how do you do that on the internet so you don't keep repeating what has come, but you try to find what the new things are? Absolutely. One of, I think, the most important po- the most important moments for me was when I was in uh, New York for the very first time for Tribeca Film Festival with Andrew Devigal. And uh, Jonathan Harris was speaking um, after Andrew, and I, I'm, I can't quote this directly, and I wish I could. I should reach out to Jonathan, but he basically said, like, the tools that you have are so important because what you ultimately make, like, those are like replicas of the tools that you have, right? And that, I, I think, crystallizes why I keep building CMSs. Yeah. Right? If you have a headline field and a subhead field and a block of text, like, what you make is fundamentally constrained by what the fields you have in the CMS, even though that sounds so like oversimplified mm-hmm. that, you know, the tools that you have like really do limit you. Yeah. Um, and you have to, you have to control that limitation to build things that are different, which is why we built a totally custom authoring tool. Well, and, and the other end of that is people that just build stuff from scratch over and over and over. Right. And, and to me, that's frustrating from a technology standpoint, because you're not like using as effectively well, as I think tool. you can. I mean, it's not a tool, is it's it? It's just like a blank canvas. Yeah, I mean, like, right? if you build something from scratch, it's like you're building, you know, I know there's no, ana- I was going to use a tool analogy, but like an actual tool analogy, but like there isn't really a good one. No, there is. I, I think it's really like hand tools and power tools, right? If you're recreating stuff all the time, like you're just, you don't have, mm. like software, like really good software, like Kino is yeah. like, it's a power tool. Like yeah. you can really get some stuff done with that yeah. if you build up on that. Yeah. Really advanced CMSs where you can comp- compose these different objects, like you have so much more power. Right. I think even having live preview in our CMS makes you write in a different way because you're not like, let me switch to preview. It's just like, right. it's so, like, right. the speed there is and, important. And it's different because because there's, there's unlike, 
unlike well medium which is a totally different thing but like there's like okay well everything you see is real time but the what you make in real time is so single track it's like so on again rails no pun intended it's totally watered down but it's like like it's like it's like here's a here's a post here's what goes in there even if like you get all these different elements there's very little you can actually do with it like and and there's no there's no real like emphasis put on the creativity of that piece of it it's like well okay it makes it easier to see what you're doing and therefore like that's a better experience but Ease, ease of use, I mean, I've said this for a long time, but ease of use and better are not connected. That like, there's, I mean, I think actually one of the things, sorry, I'm, I'm going to go off on a slight tangent here. One of the things that really annoys me about modern technology is that we tend to go simple is better. And actually, if you look at the web and you look at like, you know, people's websites, it's like, there's like this minimalist very refined, very obvious web two. I call it web 2.0. Whatever happened with like the the second boom of the web it created this like it's like the appleification of all design, which is like clean, soft, minimal. It's like kind of like taking Scandinavian design, not to go back to the Evar Shelving unit, but taking Scandinavian design to this like digital place where it's all, but it also is weirdly uh, playing into the deficits and deficiencies of the internet in its infancy, like the early internet couldn't do a lot of things very well. So minimal layout made a lot of sense because it's like a big image, some clean text, a line. And it's like, okay, that's like really good web design when you don't have a lot of bandwidth and you can't put anything interesting on the page. But anyhow, like I think that um, I just completely lost my train of thought. But the point is that like people keep repeating those things. And I think that it's really important for for experimentation, even if it's chaotic. Totally. And and we see on the, the far end of the spectrum these like crazy ambitious projects, but they're totally outside of any like productized or platform system. They just live on their corner of the web and maybe they get social traffic, but they're not part of like a product. Like they're not thoughtful in the way that I think we've attempted at least to like build a system around those ideas. And how like from those two ends, how do you start to walk that toward each other? Like how do you do really ambitious, like interactive things that use the gyro on your phone, things that can't be video, things that are like really engaging? How do you do that in the middle between something that's fully templatized and the CMS with checkboxes and drop downs or whatever, and something that's totally freeform that takes weeks and weeks to build? Like technology is really amazing. People build insane stuff. Like we can build CMSs that like walk toward the center of that, that make those things easier and easier to build over time. That's, I think, what's really exciting about what we're trying to do because we have this group of people that are not just engineers, they're not just designers, they're not just reporters. Like, I think we have the right group of people to really try to tackle that that problem at the intersection, which I think is where the really interesting work happens. I agree. I couldn't have said it better myself. And I think, so I don't screw anything up, that's a pretty good place to leave this. Now, there's a bunch of other things we didn't talk about, but we'll have to do it on another. And there's many things to talk about. We'll have Great. to do another podcast. Luckily, we are going to be in close vicinity for a long time. It's true. So having you in the podcast will be very simple. Any any parting words to the listener? Anything that you would like them to know about Evar, the person, mm. or anything you'd like them to know about how good or bad Cyberdeck 6000 is as a, as a name for the CMS? I, <laughs> man, I... <laughs> I, hmm. I think the name doesn't matter that much. You don't? I do think it's not a CMS. I think it's so much more. What are we going to call it? What is it? It's a lot. Okay. We should end this uh, episode with the uh, hit 
90s, the It's It, What Is It song? Faith No More? Faith No More, thank you. It's called Epic is the name of the song. Do you know this song? Just play it for a second. Okay, you know this song. Everybody knows this song. And if you don't, you got to get schooled on this. Do you know? I don't think I know. Seriously? That. Just wait. This is a huge hit. In like the late 80s, early 90s. I was too small. I Massive hit. All right, anyhow. Thank you for having me, Josh. Okay, great. I'm going to leave it there. Ivar, thank you for doing this. Thank you, Josh. Uh, it's been a, we've talked about this for a long time. I think this is the first of many encounters. I hope so. In the podcast booth. Me too. Which is the name of my new podcast that I'm doing. The podcast booth. It's a night, kind of a, a sexy, encounters the podcast with my sexy podcast. This is not it. Wow. I was about to say we should co-host it, but no, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> That's the perfect show for us to go. Okay, uh, anyhow, thank you. Thank you. Well, that is our show for this week. We'll be back soon with more tomorrow. And as always, I wish you and your family the very best. Though I've just heard that your family's pull request was rejected because ESLint has failed.